Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Two of the NFL's gigantic fan bases, tongue planted firmly in cheek, as Ben would tell you, it was America's team against the world's team, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday with Pittsburgh escaping to stay perfect. You heard the voice of Jay Will there at the top of the hour just seconds ago, ready to green light Operation Dank for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Essentially, try to get a draft pick as high as possible. See what you want to do. There has been a notion floated that with Dak's impending free agency, his injury, you don't know how he's going to bounce back. The fact that if you draft a quarterback, think about this, fellas, for a second before we hear from Jerry. Here are the financials, and nobody's a better businessman than Jerry Jones. Just look at that stadium, AT&T Stadium, and what he's turned the Cowboys into, right? He bought the Cowboys for about $100 million. They're now the most valuable sports property in the world. The guy knows what he's doing. Think about this. Joe Burrow, first overall pick this year, right, by the Bengals. His entire contract, Bart Scott, Jay Williams, Bart in for key this morning. Joe Burrow's entire contract, four years, $36.1 million. Mm. Essentially what Dak Prescott would be making this year alone yeah. in salary. So you can get a stud at the top or near the top for the amount of money you would have to pay Dak for one season. And it could be even more if Dak signs a long-term deal. Jerry Jones asked on his weekly radio spot on 105.3, the fan in Dallas yesterday, essentially, is there any possibility, listen to the question here from the host, on finding a new signal caller in Big D. You know, right now, uh, it looks like we're in line for the third pick. Now, it could move up, could move down, but if it stays at three, is it crazy to bring up the idea of taking a quarterback with the third pick or the second yes. pick, if you may have it? Yes. You ask me if it's crazy to bring the idea up, and I'm answering you, yes. <laughs> I'm playing <laughs> games here, guys, but it, it's not the thing to be talking about at all. You know, Dak is our quarterback. Well, at least he didn't tell the guys to shut up, which is what he did the week before. Uh, but I don't want you guys to I shut si- up. I want to sign up for, for this show, man. Can, can, I, can I get a subscription that it comes straight to my phone? You never know what the hell Jerry's going to say, man. I love that Jerry said, yes, it's crazy. I, I love that he said that. You want to see an owner back a guy like Dak Prescott, who's always said the right things, always. who's always done the right thing, who has been the leader of your team day in and day out. And obviously it shows every single Sunday when he's not on the field how his leadership is missed on that field. But is the question crazy when you really think about it? No, it's not crazy because you're watching how Dak progresses throughout his rehab. And if he isn't progressing in the right manner that you think he can get back to where he was before, this is business. And at the end of the day, as much as you morally want to do the right thing for Dak Prescott, if he's not where he was before, and if you don't think he can get back there, it's about hedging your bet for the future of your business. And that could mean taking another top prospect. And and here's the issue, right? Like, I don't know how it is in basketball, Jay will when you guys fall down, twist the ankle. I don't know if they stop practice. Oh my God, Jay wills down. Go get the ice. You know what? I saw, your, I saw you know, as you're saying this, who's missing from our show right now who has a bum <laughs> Just saying, as you're about to kill basketball guys no, 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 on injuries. But, but, okay. uh, but I'm just saying, on football, they literally will step over you, turn the drill around, and, and you feel like the most isolated world. I'm talking about a guy sitting there crap. Ah! Like, turn the drill around. Like, mm-hmm. nobody pays attention to him. So uh, the, the fact that we're going to have uh, empathy for, for Dak Prescott, it's a business. And at the end of the day, if Dak Prescott – 
is your quarterback of the future, then you got to show him how much you love him. You don't show him by giving him a one-year deal. You show him by giving him the contract that he wanted before he got injured because he showed you how valuable he is because you thought just plug in, in, in um, the red rifle. You thought just, you know, just, just bring in Dalton and everything will be okay. Dalton's probably one of the most accomplished backup quarterbacks in the game right now. And this offense looks horrible. Jerry has to determine this. And I know it's not really Jerry because it's really his son, Steven, who's really kind of been taking over the reins and, and, and telling Jerry, hey, don't go get Johnny Menzel. We're going to get Zach Martin. You know, let, let's go out and get the right player. Let's not go get the flashy player. But they have a big problem in Dallas. That once great wall that made everybody great is no lie. longer there. Tyron Smith's gone, right? Travis Frederick retires. So now they got to figure out how they're going to rebuild this you know, rebuild, rebuild this wall to protect whoever's that quarterback. They're horrible. They're almost spineless at defense, right? They spayed, but they, you know, last week they showed, you know, they showed some heart. Like they went to the Wizard of Oz, like you know, you know, uh, you know, and 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 he got a heart. But this team has an identity crisis. We don't even know if they got the right head coach. And instead of saying, you know what? Instead of trying to double down, they may even need to be considering making a change there because it looks like Mike McCarthy has already lost that team already. I would be Lincoln, looking up in Oklahoma and seeing if I can get Lincoln Riley to come down and coach this team so I can have a more progressive offensive well, take. Well, you're only as good as the players that you can coach, right, yeah. to a degree. So I, I agree with what you're saying defensively. Look, I, I sent out a tweet this morning. I said, expect BS, but don't accept it. Like, that's yeah. my line, right? So if you're Dak Prescott going into this, like, you have to expect it. Yeah, it, 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 nobody. People always conflate loyalty as opposed to business. Like you can be loyal up to a certain point until right. it's not good for business, right? And then you have to do what's good for business. So Dak still has a lot to prove, even though I think he would. He has no, I think he has nothing else to prove, Jay Will. And this is the problem, well, right? If he comes back, Dallas may say, "You know what? We love you. We're going to franchise tag you. It's going to be thirty-five million dollars." But that's going to say, listen, then I'm a lame duck because if I get hurt again, I got no stability. I got no security. I have no financial security because if I hurt myself again, this would be the last money that I ever get on the high end of the market. So I want a long-term contract. That's why guys don't really want to play on franchise tags. They bet on themselves, but they're really scared and afraid. And I wonder if Dak had taken out a a policy on himself. But, Bart, I don't know if it's – is it that that black or white? Like, is is it that easy of a thing just to say, I'm going to give you a four- or five-year deal? Like, I think you still have to kind of watch how he progresses. I know it doesn't determine his arm, but, I mean, it's it's a lower it's body a lower injury, man. Yeah. And, and for a guy that needs to move around in the pocket, even if even if you do put the assets towards your offensive line to protect him, he's still going to need to do that. So if he's injury prone, that's something you have to realistically think about. Yeah, but didn't Carson Wentz get paid after he tore his knee that's up? That's fair. That's you right. know, we, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks. This is it, not it's not the kiss of death that it used I to be. I want to see Dak Prescott get paid. Right. Don't, don't, I want anybody to mistake in that. I want to see him. I feel like he deserves right. to get paid. I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. of looking at it from the other side. If you're willing to make a long-term investment in something that you're yeah. unsure about the stability of it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you mentioned Stephen Jones, the executive vice president, Jerry's son. To your point on Mike McCarthy, there is some doubt, but he came out earlier this week and squashed it publicly, at least, and said absolutely that's the kiss, positively. That's the kiss of death. That's the kiss of death right there. Oh, I publicly, I support you. It's just like Gettleman. I didn't sign him to trade him. Listen, that's the kiss mm-hmm. of death. That's the last thing I want to hear is the vote of confidence. Here's one Let's more see thing. how that works with Adam Gase. That's fair enough. Usually, vote of confidence is like the uh, last straw before it all goes down. He's our feature quarterback, Joe Douglas, <laughs> Sam Darnold. Just mark that down, people. Here's one other thing you have to keep in mind timetable-wise, and this is really important on Dak Prescott. The injury is four to six months, which means he could be back in time for the offseason program. He should be fully recovered if it's 
going the way they hoped. Surgery was successful. Rehab's underway. But Bart, I know you're about to say something. He would be back in March for the offseason program, which would be before free agency or the draft. They would have an opportunity to see where he stands before either of those two events. In each case, they could acquire a quarterback via free agency, trade, or the draft. He should be back and ready, able, willing to go before then. They have to sign him first. Right, you can't cut an injured player, right? That's that's a rule. But he's a pending free agent, so you 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 lose his rights as soon as the start of the football season starts. You know, so th- how do you really evaluate him? Like he's going to be throwing to somebody somewhere else. Like he's going to be in a certain part of his 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 rehab where he, he might just start throwing and running around. So how can you evaluate him? As soon as March hits, it's a wrap. So you say four months is the rehab. He had the surgery. It's going to be pretty close. They're going to have a week or two to make that decision. You don't make any decision in a week or two. You're going to have to be able to make that decision before before you even get there. So they know already if they're going to – if I'm Dak and you offer me a franchise tag, I'm not taking it. No, I just I just got hurt on that. No, I need I need a five-year deal, and I need to front load it and, a, and an opt-out so I can remake that money if I take less money per year. Indeed. The Cowboys said we would have given you the money if you would have taken four, not five. It'll be a fascinating story to watch. On the way – Better question, does Cam regret signing with New England or does New England regret signing Cam? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Bart Scott in this morning for Keyshawn. We're going to go from A to Z and begin with a legend in the NBA. As a player, a coach, and a broadcaster, Celtics legend Tommy Heinsohn has died at the age of 86. For most people, he will be remembered <clears throat> excuse me, as a legendary broadcaster, a guy that loved the Celtics more than anyone on earth. And when you root for a team and you know the guy calling the games is living and dying with every single call the way you are on the edge of your seat, you become a legend. For example, the late, great Tommy Heinsohn, being Tommy Heinsohn, talking about Kemba Walker. Walker, nice move, finger. Takes it. Makes it. Get the ball to Campbell. Comes up shooting. Got it. Get the ball to Walker. 
Not exactly the bastion of objectivity, but that's not what you want when it's your favorite team. You want that guy to be as passionate as you are. And we all have that team we love and that announcer we love, we grew up with. For Celtics fans, it was Tommy Heinsohn, prayers and sympathy to his family. Bart, you're a Detroit guy. And you George have Blaha. a guy. Yeah, George Blaha. I yeah. tell you what, I've been on the wrong side of a lot of those calls, especially in the late 80s, you know, you know when, when Dennis Johnson stole the ball and Bird laid it up. I've been on the wrong side of a lot of those calls. But, you know, what you love about your local, you know, um, analysts and, and announcers is that they are invested in it and that they do take it personal. And it's okay. You know, and I, I used to hate when those games got flexed to the national, you know, to, to the national broadcasters. I love the locals because they have the intimacy and they understand the plight and the story. Indeed. I, I would hear Brian Scalabrini talk about him. And there, there's something, because I watch a lot of Celtics games. Uh, obviously, when Kyrie went to the Celtics and Jason Tatum, who's a Duke guy being with yeah. the Celtics now, watch all their games. And, there, you know, think about this, Zubin. Last couple of days, you have Alex Trebek, you have Tom. It, it, it feels like there are voices that just – they resonate with you when you're at home. It makes you feel as if you're in a very yeah. safe place. You feel this is comforting. I know this. Um, the dedication to their craft, man, is whew, tough couple of days. No doubt. And it's not just about age. It's not just about basketball because Scalabrini, who is a longtime NBA guy, is on the Celtics broadcast now. He's more of the voice for the younger generation right. where somebody like Heinsohn was <clears throat> excuse me, 86 years old. And for those that aren't familiar, George Blaha the TV voice, the longtime TV voice of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. So Bart has that NBA connection. Again, the late, great Tommy Heinsohn lived a great life as a player, a broadcaster, and a coach. From one Boston coaching legend to another, Bill Belichick fondly recalled exactly how he left the Jets. He wrote it on a napkin. Yesterday, it was written all over the internet just how much he loved leaving Gang Green. All those scribes writing what they heard Belichick say on the radio. Listen to this. One of the not only most defining, but one of the great moments of my career. And that combined with Robert giving me the opportunity to come here, I mean, that's, I couldn't have asked for anything more. So that wasn't a good situation for me, and I didn't want to be part of it. So I wasn't. But the other half of that was Robert giving me the opportunity to come here and Trading. I mean, he gave up, you know, quite a bit to to get me to come here. That was a big trade, and so I'm very thankful that it worked out. That was on WEEI in Boston yesterday. For those of you not old enough to remember this or just think of Belichick as the Pats guy, he was the Jets coach for one day, yeah. resigned Thanks. by saying essentially, I'm done as the HC of the NYJ head coach <laughs> of the New York Jets. Did it on a napkin. I guess it works. Yeah. And essentially said it turned Way out to be the best up. thing Way to write on a he's ever done. Yeah. Open this, open this when I leave. I tell you what, man. He, he just continues. I don't know why he hates the Jets so much. You worked for him. They offered you the job. If you didn't want it, why did you take it? Like, it's one of those things. He keeps picking the scalp. And to me, it sounds like a swan song. Like, now when you start reflecting on some of the greatest decisions that you ever made, that's when I think you're, you're getting ready to leave. And you, th- you think about Josh McDaniels. A couple of years ago, he had an opportunity to go to Indianapolis and to be the head coach. All of a sudden, he reversed field, came back to the Patriots, and all of a sudden, Bill Belichick says, I'm going to give you my world. First of all, of course, I would have out Josh McDaniels. What the hell have you been giving me since I've been here all this time? If you want to give me your world, like now you want to give it to me? I think he's going to give Josh McDaniels his world pretty soon. I just think the world is going to be on fire without a franchise quarterback because it's the perfect time for Bill Belichick to ride off into the sunset. And he's always, always loved the Giants. He's got a soft spot for the Giants. I can see Bill Belichick coming and pulling the Phil Jackson and being the general manager for the New York football giants 
replacing Gettleman and working with Joe Judge, his young protege. Hang on a second. We can't bury the lead here. Swan song for Bill Belichick and the idea he would leave after a season like this? Yes. Do you want to be— After all of that success, he's going to walk out like this? It's not going to get better. And he's going to walk out, period? Bill Belichick's been pointing the finger. I've never heard Bill Belichick point the finger. He's always been a guy that pointed the thumb. When he had that interview and he and he was on he was on the radio and he tried to clean it up saying, "Hey, you know, we went all in for these Super Bowls for five years, and listen, we just don't have money." They're in a rebuilding phase. Bill is in his late sixties. You think he wants to stay around for a rebuild so Tom Brady can be down there in Tampa and saying, "Hey, it was all me. It was all me." He don't got the the weapons or the ammunition that he needs to be successful. This is a rebuild. They're in a rebuild, whether they want to admit it or not. I know they're celebrating the Cam and celebrating the fact that they beat the Jets. Like, really? You beat the you beat the Ofer Jets, and this is like celebrating? You guys are patting yourself on the back? Well, they have the you're Ravens the, coming up you're, next. But you're the, right, you're the, you're the Patriots. This, the Jets, that was supposed to be a given. So I think that Bill Belichick maybe really is kind of laying the, the platform for him to say, you know what, Josh McDaniels, here you go, it's been real. I holla. Well, in defense of Bill Belichick, I, you know, you, you said that he was having moments of reflection. I don't know if he was reflecting that moment as much as maybe he was answering a question. You know, just, I just want to pose that. Maybe he was answering somebody's question about his time with the Jets or maybe one of the first moments of his career. I hate when facts and, and logic gets in the way of my rant. <laughs> yeah. But you really well, think well, he's going to leave But Zubin, let me add on to that. Just because, look, as a Giants fan, I know Dave Gellman isn't it. Uh, as long as, you know, Phil Jackson, you gave that analogy, as long as he's not falling asleep during workouts, I might <laughs> like this for Bill Belichick. But I will say this. It, there's nothing wrong with having optionality. And in, 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 a, in a day and age where there's so many things that are happening mm-hmm. and it's happening that fast, I agree with you. I was shocked to hear Bill Belichick say, hey, we're not, we're cat-strapped, right? We're yeah. cat-strapped. I never, like I've never heard him kind of give an excuse yeah. or give context to reasoning or helping people understand why this team is struggling. Yeah. He's always kind of just carried the burden with his shoulders. But that, that is, if you can just keep your options open, I can't fault you for that. Right. That's just being a good businessman. And it was money well spent, right? And listen, you know, you asked me when I first got on the show, you said, hey, I look like MacGyver with all my stuff. You can't be using these big old Duke college words. That's what this iPad is for, for me to look up the words. What's the word you say? Captionality? Optionality. It's just optionality. Nah, man, it's not I, a big word. I, I, well, I'm a, it's, a, it's a word I ain't never heard before. I'm going to use that. I got a, listen, I got a associate's degree. I'm going to write that down. Optionality. If you think I'm using big words, hear what this guy to your right says sometimes. I just still can't get over the fact that you really think Bill Belichick would walk away from the greatest coaching career in NFL history with a thud. How's it a thud? He's walking. He's riding off to the sunset. I just told you before. Well, he's not really riding he, he, off in the sunset considering the way the season is they going. missed the playoffs. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. But his legacy is cemented there, right? So nobody remembers the last season. They're just going to remember that he's the greatest coach in history, and he brought him six Super Bowls. And, you know, Kraft would let him walk away on his own because he said, you know what, you've done, you exceeded expectations. No different than him letting, you know, Tom Brady leave. And then let's get a young guy in here. Let's get a Lewis Riddick up here. Let's get somebody that's got young legs, fresh eyes, that can be the general manager. And you've been promising Josh. How long is Josh McDaniel supposed to be an assistant? He's turning down head coaching jobs. Eventually, you got to give the man an opportunity. Like I said, Bill Belichick's hanging around like, like Jerry Rice did you know, when he had the dreadlocks that started back here with the mid school braids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's time to give somebody else an opportunity to be great at something. Uh-huh. You've been promising Josh McDaniels the opportunity for a long time. You said you're going to give him your world. Well, give him the world. Walk away, go do something else, and be and build something. And you know the, the wins and losses don't go on your permanent record as much when you're the general manager, opposed to when you're the head coach. Mm-hmm. He's 68. I just can't say him. I can't see him. But saying, he's 68. Why not? He's 68. Why not though, Zubin? How why can not? you can't see him anywhere? I mean, Bec- we, we we would have said this a year and ago about Tom Brady. 
I just can't see Tom Brady finishing his career any else but, you know, the New England Patriots, and now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You, you I don't think the rebuilding want. plan is five years. You guys are saying it's a total stripped-down rebuild because they sold okay, out in okay. his words. He okay. can turn it around. You get the right quarterback, well, they can how, be back how, next how, year. Right listen, listen, Jim Kelly, anybody. listen, they just got Josh Allen. They've been trying to replace the great quarterback in Buffalo for how long? You just assume that you get a, a franchise quarterback just like that? It doesn't happen like that. You luck into that. Buffalo missed the playoffs for 17 straight yes. years. Belichick basically made the playoffs for almost the entirety right. of his Why? 20. You Why? cannot compare Why? those two. Why? Because he had the, he had a Hall of Fame arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history. That's why. Now you don't have that. How great are you? How great was Phil Jackson without guys in the triangle? Was it the triangle? Was it Michael Jordan that made the triangle great? And then it was Kobe Bryant after and that. And Shaq, right? So what I'm saying is it's the perfect time to ride off into the sunset and look for something new. Listen, he's always had a soft spot for the Giants. He loves New England, but the Giants are right there close. He has a great respect for the Tish and the Tish family. And I'm telling you, if he's going to go anywhere, he'll come to the Giants. And it may be time to ride off to the sunset. You can't coach forever. And listen, the rigors of being on the sideline and the day-to-day stuff at, at advanced age gets tough. The fact that he can be the general manager and sit back and just order the pieces, come in when he feel like that, feel like it, you know, oversee, work from home is a is a big difference. It'll watch, be watch what I said. Okay, Luke. all right. Well, we'll mark the tape. It could be a shocking me, you're development. You're gonna call me Blado, and we're gonna bring this tape back up. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? He's Blado. <laughs> it would be a shocking development if it happens. Just for a little context on exactly uh, the the quote about the Jets and leaving and being a great decision, the best thing that ever happened to him. It sort of seems like it comes out of thin air. But then again, they play the Jets twice a year. It's not exactly uh, something that comes up too often, but we should mention when they played on Monday Night Football, there was a piece on the pregame show on Monday Night Countdown where Belichick was asked about that resignation. Anytime the Jets and the Pats get together, Belichick's involved. That's going to be a a number one storyline. So the hosts on WEEI, our Boston station, essentially said during the weekly interview with Belichick, hey, saw the story on Monday Night Countdown, got the dramatic win over your old team, which you coached for one day. What do you think? And that's where it came out. Right. So it didn't greatest come out day, of the exactly. greatest, greatest day of my life. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> greatest day of my life. Our didn't. worst day, greatest day of my life. I will say, though, for Jets fans, it seems like somebody just keeps pouring salt yeah, exactly. into your open wound. Well, every you, have, you could have had Mahomes. Oh, no. You know, don't worry. Peyton Manning, he, he decided to stay in college. Like, thanks. <laughs> just keep pulling this, picking, picking the scab, man. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin this morning with Bart Scott, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Better question. Hmm. Cam. Hmm. Regretting signing with the Pats, the Pats regretting signing Cam, which seems like the better statement. Oh, I thought we was going to break. You, this, is, this is live? We're still going? We still got a couple minutes. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that you know, Cam Newton may be saying, you know what? I didn't help my stock for going into free agency so I can get a big deal again, hoping I can get you know, $20 million. I, they signed me for a million dollars, and now I'm taking all the hits. Right? They're blaming me for everything because I'm replacing the GOAT. And look who they have me throwing to. Look what they have me working with. And they're going to blame me. And now my stock is going to be down low. And I'm going to be a backup again next year. Because guess what? They're going to move on from me here. You can't regret going to the only team that wanted you. <laughs> I mean, he's zooming. You act like there were other options. How can you? It's like, well, I, I, I regret I didn't have a chance to go to yeah. Dallas. Or I didn't have a chance. To, no, no other teams wanted you. And, and that's yeah. been the biggest thing, Bart. See, it wasn't uh, that they didn't want him. It, what it was is because he was coming off a major injury, it, he couldn't get him in their building to have a physical. So that's why everybody waited him out. And the, and, the, and the Patriots do what they always do. They pounce on a guy in a desperate situation. And they took advantage of it. Fair enough. Will the NFL be able to take advantage of the fact 
that they are ahead of the curve on some coronavirus protocols, but a big, big obstacle stands in the way. Their biggest litmus test of all could come this weekend. We'll get into it after SportsCenter. We'll start with a little college football, though, out of the gate. Alabama LSU off the board for now. LSU, you might recall, needs to already make up a game with Florida. The SEC has set aside just one week for teams to make up games. But if LSU has two games to make up, how do they do it on one Saturday? Issues abound. By the way, Texas A&M and Tennessee also off the board this weekend. That game will be made up on December 12th. Again, that is the week where everything can be made up, if possible. It is possible the Oklahoma City Thunder will ship Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. The Thunder, as you know, over the years have gone to star players and sort of asked their input on things, right? Paul George, Russell Westbrook, before both of those guys headed out the door. Brian Windhorst, who is part of the team that broke the story for ESPN, saying right now Phoenix really needs a point guard, and obviously a guy like CP3 would fit the bill, also bringing a veteran presence to a very young team. NFL owners have also approved new diversity measures in the ongoing fight to try to get more diverse in the head coaching ranks. Right now, the new proposal is this. The team that develops a minority coach would receive draft compensation instead of the team that hires that coach. So let me give you a hypothetical example. Eric Bieniemy, African-American offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, the top target out there for everyone, according to the experts. If he were to get a head coaching job, it would be Kansas City that would get draft compensation because they identified, spotted, cultivated, and groomed the enemy as opposed to the team that actually pulls the trigger and hires him. Interesting perspective. Sports Center brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. The path is clear for Big Ben. If he gets four consecutive days of negative COVID testing results, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then he can resume team activities. He can go back to the team Saturday at the earliest. Questions abound about the Steelers. The league's lone unbeaten team already had a game moved weeks. When the Titans had an outbreak, they went to Tennessee and won that game. They've got the Bengals this weekend, but they also have four guys on the COVID-19 reserve list, including the number one guy on the roster, Ben Roethlisberger. He, of course, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Ryan Clark, a Super Bowl champion, joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Yeah, quit rubbing it in. Pennzoil synthetic What up, though? What up, though? Are made oh, from natural dumb. gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. Proofs in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I want to dig into the Steelers, your team, in just a second. But just give me a, give me a one-number answer here, okay? We were discussing this earlier. How many more years does Belichick coach the Pats? Just give me a number. Four. So Bart thinks he might walk this, the end of this season. Is that crazy? I think that's crazy. You can't just say that. You gotta no, give I don't time think he walks. I, I, I... <laughs> I think now he has a new challenge. Now you understand he has an opportunity to build. And when you look at a guy like Bill Belichick, he, not, he never necessarily ran from challenges. He tried to get into the best place for him. But this is an opportunity in New England where he's, he's built his legacy to turn this thing around and to turn this thing around without Tom Brady. And who knows? They might have Jimmy Garoppolo next year and all is well. All of these guys who opted out are back. And the five-year plan that they had where they said they went all in and they went to three championships now because 
becomes another five-year plan. So I don't think he quits after this year. RC, See, on, first, first he can't, you can't just like just throw that out there, Zub. <laughs> you got to let me put the context of what I'm talking about. He's been telling Josh McDaniels that he was going to give him his world. Remember, Josh McDaniels turned down the head coaching job in Indianapolis. At some point, Bill Belichick's going to have to move on, and he won't be able to keep his top assistant, and he might want to give him his world. But Bill Belichick's always had a love for the New York football giants. And you talk about Joe Judge being one of his protégés that's come from him. He would probably want to go back there, maybe be the general manager of the New York football giants as well. And plus, he, listen, he can only hurt his legacy there in New England. They're going to be part of a rebuild. You could talk about bringing Jimmy G in, but even if you bring Jimmy G in, Jimmy G will be the fourth best quarterback in the division. So the, 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 the shifts has changed. Listen, it's definitely a this is definitely a rebuild, though, Bart. I think to me, and listen, he probably doesn't matter to Bill Belichick. If he leaves after this year, I don't see that as retiring. I don't see that as resigning. I see that as quitting. I see that as your, your, your star quarterback, the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, left. He went somewhere else. You tried to do it one year. You didn't like it, and you quit. And to me, that would affect his legacy more than him trying to rebuild this thing and then not coming to fruition and him having to pass it on to Josh McDaniels. RC, I like the suit, by the way. Looking sharp, like always. Uh, let's talk about the Steelers for one quick second. Uh, <laughs> what, what does missing practice time for a guy like Big Ben, what does that do to him? Well, as Ben has gotten older, he started to take off Wednesday practices anyway. Uh, obviously, he won't be able to be in the meetings. Maybe he's in them, you know, f- from a Zoom perspective. But I don't necessarily know if the on-field practice hurts a guy like Big Ben as much as it could a young quarterback or a quarterback without chemistry with some of his playmakers. And now what it is is that, and, you know, you know this as well, Bart, and you know this, Jay, sometimes those practice reps help you get your body ready, help you kind of flush some things things out to get you prepared to play on Sunday. It's not the mental part that I think will hurt Ben Roethlisberger as much as him having to get in the groove of actually throwing the football, of moving around a little bit after having a week of inactivity. How crazy would it be if Ben is not able to go this this week and they lose to the Bengals, and that's the blemish on the record, and, and, and that's the game that they lose that makes that <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving game with the Ravens you know, for the division potentially. Well, you know what I would say right now? Coach Tomlin don't deserve that, Bart. That's what I know. He is too good of a man and too good of a coach for this to be the way that they get their first loss of the season. But that's the tw- that's 2020, bro. Like, that's the year that we live in. And especially with the, the heightened cases and now the heightened sensitivity or the protocols in the NFL where if you are even near a guy or if the contact tracing says you are close to someone who tested positive for COVID, you have to be out of the facility. You have to quarantine. And I think it's the right thing to do for the health of the players, for the health of the league, but it's a very difficult thing to deal with if you're a team, and especially when you lose your dude, when you lose your franchise quarterback, your your future Hall of Famer, that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's part of it, and you know, Coach Tomlin always says the standard is the standard, and don't blink, and all those things. Well, Joe Burrow has this team playing well, and to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, a game you would expect to win if Ben Roethlisberger plays, would be a very tough blow to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know that Ben Roethlisberger screws from the duck, so he has plenty of money. But, you know, with his knees and his injury, how is he able to recover at home when he doesn't have the the facility to which get the treatment that he probably needs to get healthy? Man, you know, these dudes got loot, man. And and I did most of my treatment outside of the building. And I didn't have. Yeah, I didn't. 
even the bad, most of the bad ones, unless you're Cam Newton, the rest of them get paid. Um, when you look at at what Ben can do, and you look at him probably having a team assembled, and also not necessarily knowing how bad this knee injury is, I think he'll he'll be okay. Maybe some rest, or maybe he wouldn't have practiced anyway if the knee was that bad. I think the the other part of it is I played with Ben, bro. Ben is the king of injury injury diagnosis publicly and playing the next week. So I'm not necessarily concerned with Ben Roethlisberger's health and him playing. Are you confirming he's a little bit of a drama king, RC? Is that what you're confirming now? No, I'm I'm confirming he doubles as a doctor in his off time, and he knows how to diagnose himself. (laughs) All right, how about Brett Favre? He made some comments about Nick Foles uh, should have stayed in uh, Philadelphia. They should never have Carson Wentz. They should have chose Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think my thoughts, my thoughts are it must be he must only be paying attention to the Nick Foles that actually plays in Philadelphia because the dude that's played everywhere else is, is sort of terrible, right? He's not necessarily a very good quarterback. I mean, he's downright bad right now in Chicago. He was bad enough to be beat out once he returned from injury by Garner Minshew, who's a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not, but you don't normally put your sixth-round draft pick rookie ahead of your $26 million a year quarterback. And so I don't necessarily know if that was the case. He was getting older. He wasn't necessarily uh, as explosive or didn't have the measurables that Carson Wentz had. So I think they made the right decision for what they needed going forward. You look back, Nick Foles gave you a hell of a year, a hell of a Super Bowl run. But I think when you watched him, if you truly paid attention, a guy like Doug Peterson, who was in the building with him every day, he knew this is who Nick Foles was, and eventually he would come out. Can you imagine Nick Foles playing with Travis Fulgham and, and Greg Ward and Boston Scott and having to create, having to work, and having to do? I don't don't think he even does as well as Carson Wentz is doing right now. That's why I hate when my when my icons get modern day technology, man. Brett Favre need to be in the woods in Mississippi shooting stuff or ski shooting or something like that, man. I hate the fact that he's getting toys because he's talking too much, and now I got to call him Brett Favor. <laughs> That's what Paul Tagliabue accidentally called him when he announced him being drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and eventually traded to the Packers. Ryan, we'll see you on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. Thank you very much. All right, RC. My man, have a good one. Yes, sir. Still to come, LSU has always used Alabama as a measuring stick, but how will the committee measure Alabama if the Tide can't play a complete season? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are back on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Bart Scott in for Key this morning. The question is, when the SEC comes back, how much will there be on the back end? They have allotted the week of December 12th, the week before the SEC championship game, for any makeup possibilities, LSU, Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt, they're all there. But LSU might have to play two games. They might have to make up the Florida game and the Alabama game, which was set for this Saturday, the measuring stick game, the biggest game in college football's regular season each and every year for the past several years. But that's off the books for now. So how does that math work? Two games to possibly make up, only one week to do it. And oh, by the way, in the last 48 hours, half the league has been affected by outbreaks, either on their campus or set to play an opponent that had an outbreak. For more on that, let's bring in Heather Dinich, ESPN College Football senior writer and college football playoff reporter. Get us up to speed. Hang on a second. We may have to just wait one second to get Heather with us. She'll be with us to talk a little bit about everything that's going on in the SEC, whether LSU has to make these games up. They're not playing for anything. They're having the worst season of any defending national champion in the history of the sport. And if Alabama needs to make up a game, are they going to be able to do it? And if so, how? Remember, they're sitting at the top of the polls with the top coach and the betting top favorite for the Heisman. They need to play a complete season since everybody is looking up at the tide for the moment, let's bring in Heather. Heather, good morning. First things first, just get us up to speed with everything we need to know as far as what's going on in the SEC this weekend. Heather, can you hear us? Yep. Okay. All right. Um, what's the latest on the SEC? Well, maybe she you just don't want to hear Maybe she doesn't want to answer this yeah, question. Go, go, ahead, go ahead and take it. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Heather, what's the latest on the SEC? What's the update? The update is that all 14 SEC athletic directors met on Tuesday, and they agreed that December 19th should be used as a potential makeup date for any games that can't be played. Now, December 19th is the day of the SEC Conference Championship game. So if Alabama is playing in that game, obviously, as many expected to, they can't play LSU on that day. But look, the bottom line is Alabama does not need to play LSU for the selection committee to consider it a top four team. LSU isn't that good this year. It's not going to make or break. That game could still be played, though, obviously, if they don't win the West, if Alabama doesn't win the West. But they're leaving that door open. So the presidents and chancellors will meet on Thursday in a regularly scheduled meeting. And that's something they're expected to review and talk about is using that December 19th date as a makeup game makeup date for all these other reschedulings as well. Heather, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. How how will the CFB uh, committee kind of balance all these unbalanced schedules? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, good luck, right? It's going to be the most difficult season that they've probably ever had. But what they will tell you is this is what we always do. And in a regular season, the ACC and SEC and Big Ten and Pac-12, they all play different games. You know, you've got the Big 12 that plays different games. This is taking it to a whole new level. And we have to see how many games everyone plays. But I think that this is going to put more on the eye test. Because you could ask right now, who has Ohio State played? I think they're going to get more challenged. Um, in the next two weeks against Indiana and Maryland, two teams that are have some momentum and some confidence, certainly aren't at the level of Ohio State. But then you look at the Buckeyes and you say, look, they've got Justin Fields, who threw 11 touchdowns and 11 incompletions so far, which is a ridiculous stat. And you take those kinds of things into consideration, along with who did you beat, because that still matters. 
And that's what I'm saying. When you look at that, you look at the SEC, and they're probably going to have the top four teams. In my opinion, the Big Ten, how, how can one of those teams outside of those conferences be able to, to close the gap? Should this be the year in which uh, college football thinks about expanding the playoffs even more so that you can have like a tournament so it can be proven on the field? Well, I think the expansion of the playoff is inevitable at some point, but they weren't ready to make that move. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott a month or so ago sat with his Power Five and, and FBS commissioners and Jack Swarbrick and asked them to consider it. And they did consider it for this season because of everything that's going on with the pandemic. There was support for it, but not enough support for it. They weren't ready to do it yet. So, you know, they're continuing to have conversations. Obviously, it makes sense for Larry Scott of, of all of the Power Five commissioners to lobby for it. I think you see it at some point. It's just really difficult to do right now at this point. I don't see the format of the playoff changing because of the pandemic. Heather, with Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson, uh, if they hold true to form with the way things are going out, isn't it safe to say that's going to be our college football playoffs? I think it's way too early to cement anything. I think what you have is the ACC champion the Big Ten champion, the SEC champion, right? But who is that fourth spot? Let's assume that you have Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson as your your three champions. Well, what if, wait a minute, what if Florida beats Alabama? This Texas A&M, Tennessee postponement, in my mind, is not getting enough conversation because Texas A&M has quietly been an extremely good team, and they have a win over Florida, which could be the SEC East or SEC champs. I mean, I can give you scenarios all day that can throw that fourth spot into a, a very good debate. So I think you've got those three conference champions, but then that fourth spot could be a good debate, especially if Notre Dame continues to win out. Indeed. We'll wait to see what happens along the way. The first playoff rankings will be revealed November 24th in a normal year, not that we might have that going forward at all, considering the circumstances, we would already be in to the rankings. Heather, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. So we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Just want to reel this off, fellas. So right around this time, right around Halloween or so, early November, we normally get the first rankings. This time they've been pushed back to November 24th. These are all going to come on a Tuesday So Tuesday the 24th are very first rankings. Then Tuesday, December 1st would be the next rankings. Then Tuesday, December 8th would be the third rankings. And then the fourth rankings would come on the 15th. So once you get to November 24th, just circle Tuesday every day on your calendar. And all of those rankings will be revealed exclusively on ESPN. And then decision day, selection day, Sunday, December 20th. At noon Eastern, we'll find out the four teams that will play in the college football playoff. They will play in the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day and then BART the National Championship game in Miami Gardens January 11th. So that's the calendar. You know, what I can't wrap my head around is why wouldn't you expand the playoffs, especially with the current climate? You've seen every other league, whether it's the NFL, whether it's Major League Baseball, expand their playoff system. If you, if you want to go back to normal next year, it's fine. But why wouldn't you expand it now when there's so many undetermined games? You know, we don't know what Notre Dame is. They beat Clemson without their leader. So where does that weigh in? The best way to do it is to take some of these bowl games and make them qualifiers to be able to be in the playoffs. I, I think that makes sense during a normal year. I think with all the all the things that they're trying to figure together, like, hey, how do we finish the season? How do we go? I think it's too much for them to handle yeah. this year. I think it's not a governing body where it's one rule for all the leagues. 
Back with more at the top of the app. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.